0: to tell you in advance, I am not the reporter whose work you'll want to be following today from the first day of training camp. I'm just not it. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovachowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Today's the day. Opening of training camp, 9 a.m. practice. That's always the one that the veterans get, by the way, so that they can enjoy the rest of their day. And after the practice, there's a scrimmage for about 45 minutes. And if I were a responsible professional, if I was there 1000% to do my job and to do right by you, I would be paying. So much more attention to the Noel Achari, Matt Nieto, Ryan Graves kind of guys who are new to the team, who are new to being in this environment on a daily basis, who are going to be meshing with everyone else. And I would come back on tomorrow's show and give you all kinds of good inside information as to how these guys look like and what they're going to mean. to I'm not going to do any of that today. I'm not. I never do on the first day of camp. Why? I just watch the star guys. I just go right back into realizing that this franchise, which has most definitely had some issues over the past few years, is still blessed with a handful of the greatest players on the planet. In a couple of cases, among the greatest who've lived. And I just dive right back into the sport by appreciating them fully, by enjoying every little maneuver they make. That's Sid. That's Gino. Yeah, that's Chris Letang, too. And I hear there's a new guy in the fold. Maybe he'll do some interesting things as well. First day of Eric Carlson making passes to Sid and Gino and others up front, depending on how the scrimmage is structured. That's good, good stuff. That's not stuff to be taken for granted. You hear me talk about that sort of thing a lot on this show. That Things aren't perfect with this team. They haven't been perfect for quite a while. But you still have these players... Spending a year of their NHL careers, another year here in Pittsburgh, right under our noses. However, many people are going to go into that rink today, and it's open and free to the public, they're going to see something actually really, really up close and personal that they might never forget. Yeah, I know. It's just practice. It's just a scrimmage. But it's also some phenomenal players out there. And and that's that's the point that I want to emphasize more than any other today as this thing's about to open. It's not a great-looking roster, okay? It has a very good look to it. It's got a lot of question marks on it as well, chiefly in goal. But there remains so much high-end talent. And when I say high-end, I'm talking about the highest end, meaning at a league level, if you're looking at a bar. There aren't many teams that have the high-end talent that the Penguins do. And it's still enough that they'll be able to walk into some buildings and win games before they even play them. That still was happening last season. I know a lot of that gets Blurred out because the season ended as badly as it did, but it still happened, and it can still happen, particularly with Carlson now joining that group. Just picture for yourself the the things that'll get spoken or written about the Penguins before they come to any town. Whoa, it's the Penguins. Crosby and Malkin and... Latang and Carlson and all these guys, they're still a marquee attraction everywhere they go. They're still a marquee attraction in Pittsburgh. Now that's not going to get them into the playoffs all by itself. That's not going to be enough to make them contenders. Those days for all of those guys are a little bit in the past. But it's also a variable that... Probably, out of the 32 total teams, maybe, what, four or five have the high end that the Penguins do? Is that a fair estimation? And over an 82-game schedule, that still means more than anything else that we'll discuss related to this team over the course of the season ahead. They're going to need more. They're going to need support on the wings. They're going to need a third and fourth line that has an actual purpose and you know, produces actual things. They're going to need a third pairing on defense that's going to be reliable and consistent, even if they're not going to get many minutes. And yeah, I mean, I'll say it a second time. They're going to need goaltending. They're going to need, I believe, close to elite goaltending. And even within the stars themselves, they're going to need to straighten out that power play. They're going to need to find a way to make that thing a weapon unto itself, including dissuading the opponents from taking penalties in the first place. They're going to need all of that. They're going to need more. They're going to need a togetherness, a moxie. That actually was in place for the better part of last season. Didn't matter because they lacked the depth. All of that's got to be there. But man, what a starting point. Don't overlook that, my friends. What a starting point for a season to be taking the ice with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Eric Carlson. When we come back, J1Q. today's j1q comes from brian who asks wouldn't it be nice to see a a surprise with one of the forwards presumed to be in the bottom six making an appearance in the top six this team feels like it's got two first lines and two fourth lines you know brian i i see what you're saying Okay, You'd like to have a a smoother ride going from four to three to two to the first line. I think every team would. But part of what has to be understood here is that the objective, as laid out by Kyle Dubas earlier in the summer, is to have a combination of third and fourth lines that focus principally on defending. Their presumption is that the players I was discussing in the opening segment are going to create enough offense, including five on five. But again, it's got to include the power play. That all you'll need from the third and fourth lines is to be able to defend, forecheck, have some energy, wear the other team down. Now compare that to what the third and fourth lines offered last season, which was, oh, right, nothing. Nothing at all. So if you go out there with Lars Eller and a couple of gritty wingers, guys who are energy guys, maybe they'll pop a goal here or there for you. If they do, they do. The fourth line, I don't know that I see the same similarity between the third and the fourth, at least as I'm projecting them, that you do. I think you're going to see the fourth be a, a little bit below, maybe a lot below the third line. And I think you're also going to see the fourth line be a lot more about that recklessness and that energy, that forecheck, than you will the third. Eller, if for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you're probably tired of hearing me talk about Eller. Eller is a guy that I'm pretty fond of. I have a lot of respect for his game. And I don't see him as someone who's out there to eat up the clock. I see him as someone who can make things happen. And I also see him as someone who's really trying to think of what the right term is for this. He's in control of his game. He's not a loose cannon. He knows what he's out there to do, and he does it in a highly intelligent manner. The guy's hockey IQ is through the roof. So I don't think you're going to see him go out there and go spasmodo and flying all over the place. He's the guy you put out there in the final minute of a period. He's the guy you put out there after your team scores a big goal and you want to make sure you don't give one up right away. And he'll know that without you even having to tap him on the shoulder and tell him. He'll know that. He'll get that. He feels the game. Whereas I think with the fourth line – and again, depending on how that lines up, okay, if Jeff Carter's on a fourth line, you're just, I, I'm not even going there today. But I think for the most part with the fourth line, you're going to see, uh, go out there and get us fired up, boys. You know, Skate through the boards for us. And that's not what the third line is. So to your actual question, is there somebody from those lines who can slide up? who can make a difference on the first and second. My answer to that is twofold. One, yes, they're capable of it. Nieto's done it in San Jose. Eller's done it in Washington. And let's not leave out that in-house, Drew O'Connor's at least been given a taste occasionally of being up there. But for the most part, I don't see a ton of that. I really don't. Uh, I think the guys that you have as your top six have to be your guys in the top six. That means all four of the wingers, Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, Jake Gensel, Riley Smith. They've got to be those guys. They've got to be what's expected for all of this to work. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Hockey season is upon us. Looking forward to tomorrow's show, guys.